This conversation was recorded on October 22, 2020. Let's talk about Elijah. Elijah. Elijah the prophet. Yeah. And specifically what happens to him in 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19, I believe he's taken up in a whirlwind. Uh, You're a little bit later. That's uh, that's like 2 Kings 1 or something like that. This is right after he has dominated the prophets of Baal and mocked them. And really made fools of them. Which verse are you in? The end of 18, uh, verse 1 of 19, where we are. After he caused it to rain again, right? And the end of chapter 18, the hand of the Lord, verse 46, the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So Ahab runs on his chariot, right? Ahab's on a chariot, and Elijah's on foot. Yeah, just smokes him. And smoked him. I was thinking about speed last night because we were talking about the Lord's resurrection and the account of John and Peter, you know, running to the tomb. Yeah. And just how John mentions he's faster. John's faster, yeah. (laughs) He mentions it twice. (laughs) And I feel like he doesn't name himself. Two digs on Peter. A couple of digs on Peter, yeah. And then I started thinking about Elijah because like, well. That's the only reason people think John was younger. Because he runs faster. Because he ran faster, yeah. Not necessarily true, but a decent uh, conjecture, I guess. Well, Elijah was pretty fast. Elijah looks like the, we should be calling him Elijah the Sprinter. Yeah, exactly. Elijah the prophet. Yeah. Usain Bolt, he Elijah. He girded up his loins. Yeah. And then he runs in a different direction in verse in chapter 19. That's what I want to talk about. I don't want to harp on Elijah, but I do want to pick you're this gonna apart. Pick on, you're going to pick on him. No, I'm not. You're Wait till I get there. take him at his worst day. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Of course, after he, after the he, he smoked the offering, the Lord smoked his offering. He took the prophets down and smoked them. Right, half of them. Mm-hmm. And then Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah, Should've saying, taken them all." What's that? Should have done them all. Should have taken all nine hundred of them. Yeah. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he had other things to do. Imagine. I can't imagine it, actually. It's difficult. 450. I'm sure he... Didn't he assign... I mean, don't you think he had a crew? Wasn't he the only one? Not after... I mean... Not after the fire from heaven. Israel was with him. Like, there were people that were like, I'm with Elijah, probably. With the fire that came down? Yeah, I would think so. So I think he assigned it off. It would be very tiring. I think he'd have help. Yeah. Anyways, Jezebel sends a messenger to him, verse 2. So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So I'm going to kill you, Elijah. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. And said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. 
And he came there unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on the way, on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nimshi shall thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel-Maholah shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So then he departed from there. So how nasty was Jezebel? Yeah, evil woman, man. Women women can be more wicked, sadistic than men. And really. think, think about the fear that she must have struck into him. And it seemed oh, like yeah. it was legitimate fear because he ran for his life. Yeah. And it seemed like maybe he saved his life there. I don't know. But he's not. Well, she had all the instrumentalities to. I don't think he was ran, He was running being unchaste. Yeah. No. I don't think it was a, a an idle threat that she. No. Well, she came right out. I mean, she just, you know, boldly told him, you know, you're going to die. She had all Ahab's uh, forces to get yeah, to do. Yeah, but didn't Ahab. So. so oh, Ahab's a wimp. <laughs> So He's the, such a wimp. The prophets of Baal must have just been so fake and like not scary in comparison. Like one woman versus what he just accomplished. Yeah. And yeah. See, her her threat was more legitimate than all they had to offer, it seems like. Yeah. It's kind of amazing to behold that. Well, it's one thing to have the spirit of the Lord upon you, and then it's another thing not to. Hmm. So he runs away. Yeah. He's not criticized. No. At all here. Well, he wasn't unchaste. Now, in James, when it says, Elijah, a man of like passions as ourselves, do you think that's hearkening to this? Well, it has to, because this is, you know, this is what we learned about Elijah. These are the, right? These right. are the things of Elijah. So it has to include this. Now, how much does it mean this? You know, yeah. More than other other things? You know, like passions? I. What's like passions uh, mean? I mean, it seems like well, you know, the same I, you frailty. can relate to all of his passions, can't you? Really, I mean, I can. I can relate to all of his passions. Sure, he was passionate for the house of God, right? 
We mm-hmm. can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 was he was passionate, uh, you know, about the the lives of the children of Israel, and their 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 uh, descent into the worship of Baal and uh, uh, Molech, and uh, how how he needed to actually bring Israel back to ABC by saying, you know, if if Jehovah is God, then this right fire from heaven. He brought fire down from heaven. What about that passion? I, I think there's that passion. You know, we like him for that, don't we? Well, yeah. We we idolize him actually for this kind of great, powerful work. But then you realize, golly, the guy's human after all. You know, very yeah. scarable, right? And he runs for his life, and he's sick about it. He's even sick about running for his life, where he tells the Lord, "Take my life." Because yeah. So that seems like it's. There's no longer fear because he's escaped. He's out in the wilderness. He's safe. Yeah, now, now he made it. God's taking care of him out there. And now he just feels terrible about it. Exactly. So there's that. There's that. There's the like passion. I mean, I guess that's somewhat it's refreshing. Kind of encouraging, right? really, yeah. to think about it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just saying. Because I can totally relate to that. Yeah. So it's like moments of strength, moments of weakness. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to Juniper Tree experience. So what's with the... The wind and the earthquake and the fire, fire, and then the still small voice. What's the? I think the important part is that what, 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 where he wasn't. You know, the fact that these things all occurred around the Lord's presence, but he wasn't in any of the big things. Wasn't in them, meaning not communicating through them, or what's it mean not to be in the earthquake? I mean, to 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 witness the earthquake, to witness the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. To witness all of that did not provide. The Lord wasn't in that. It was amazing, but the Lord wasn't in it. And then the still, still small voice. Of course, the Lord was in that. So what's that saying to us? It's saying like you need to wait on maybe the the calmness to hear the Lord's voice, or what? You know, I, I was thinking about this and just now, and I'm thinking that yeah, the Lord the Lord does speak to you in clear ways at times that may surprise you mm. and direct your path. It's called a small voice, I think, because if, if you keep listening, the, the voice of correction of your path is less. Does that make sense? It's like That's there's forceful. more frequency, and so the, so the line is less jagged, whereas if there's greater frequency or lesser frequency, greater correction needs to be made in life mm. that, because our lives are all bound toward away from God. And so I think it's called a small voice because if you listen more often, you'll hear more. More easily, maybe, without the loud. You'll, you'll actually hear more. Yeah. Period. It might also speak to, like, the intimate relationship between him and God because, you know, when you think about, like, the way that God spoke when he was laying down the law, for instance, and yeah. it was, like, fire and it was, it was lightning and it was loud yeah. and thunderous and scary— but this is like this is all not those scary. all those things surround the throne of God. You know, I mean, I've always thought that those thing those things are, are written there so that we wouldn't we wouldn't look for him in those grand events. So, like when when you witness an earthquake or you're you know a part of an earthquake, that you don't think that was God that did that. I was in an earthquake one time. Oh yeah, I yeah. never been in one. A significant earthquake. Yeah. I think it was 4.3 is what they said. But the thing that's really, okay, I was sitting at a desk working on a guy's computer, and all of a sudden I reached 
all of a sudden the, the everything was tilting, mm-hmm. and I reached for the wall, and the wall also was tilting, which is one of the most bizarre experiences yeah. you'll ever have. I hear it's very unnerving because nothing like, to lean on. That's the only thing that we really can like rely upon being there is like where the ground is, it's right there, right? Yeah, and where the walls it's are, not, they're going to stay right there. Yeah, generally. and it gets not like that completely. For so it seems little, like I mean, obviously it'll be. It would rattle you, pun not intended, but like, it, does it? Un, is it unnerving? Like, it, yeah. it kind of makes you. Yeah, it seemed like it lasted fifteen seconds. It was more like three, you know. Yeah, it didn't last long. Does a lot of damage in a hurry. It's funny. I was in a house. A little girl in the house seemed to recognize it first, and she she went and crawled underneath the table. I mean, I don't know why she did that, but had she been in an earthquake before? No, no, no. It was the first earthquake for all of us. About five of us in the house. I was a guest. Then I went outside. There were a lot of people outside afterwards. Where was this? I was in Southern California. Okay. But God's not in the earthquake. No, there was no God who wasn't in that thing. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, God wasn't in that for anybody. He didn't really give me an opportunity for the gospel or anything like that. I remember when I was a kid, they used to say that when it thundered, you know, God was bowling or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Stupid things. Stupid stuff like that. Yeah, stupid stuff. But, you know, you had a yeah, high wind there and you had. Fantastical events, right? Yeah. Hurricane force wind, earthquake, fire, and all that. God not in. You know, it's encouraging. Yeah. It was a still, small voice. What are you doing here, Elijah? I mean, have you never? Correction, right? Yeah. Have you never heard something like that? Oh, yeah. What are you doing, Jared? For sure. Huh? For sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's encouraging to read right there. Right? Stuff that happens to you happened to him. He's a great prophet. Not, not only, but he's Elijah the prophet for Pete's sake. Right. Yeah. He's like the coolest one. Yeah, he's like super prophet. I mean, if it wasn't for John the Baptist, I'd call him the greatest prophet, but I can't call him that because... Well, for those who believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's definitely an alignment he, he there. He could be John the Baptist for those who believe in him. Right, right, right. And the other thing that's interesting here is, you know, he's all alone. He's not alone. The Lord's with him. He is alone, sort of, because he ran out into the wilderness all by himself. And yet he thinks he's alone utterly. And the Lord has to remind him or maybe inform him about these other men who have not you know, bowed the knee to, to Baal. This remnant according to grace. Right. But it makes you think, like, these guys are not, they're nowhere to be found, though. Like, they're out there. Does that mean they're just dispersed? Does that mean... Okay, I know, well, you know, we this know somewhere one, here's, in hiding. One, here's, here's one where you can, you can reverse typify... Uh, what do we call this? Reverse we're gonna, typify. We're going we're to figure out the type by knowing the, the truth. Okay, it's like a retrofitting. That's what we're going to do. We're going to reverse this deal. Mm-hmm. And instead of learning a type, we're going to take the truth and we're going to go figure out what the type is. Is that okay? Okay. Okay, now we know the truth by word of Scripture that the 7,000 who have not yet bowed the knee to Baal mm-hmm. are, are the type of the remnant of Israel, the remnant according to grace that is today even, right? Right. If that's the case, then the outlook has to be, wow, it looks like God has completely set Israel aside, and he's going to have absolutely nothing to do with them in any way until he takes them back up again at the beginning of the time of Jacob's troubles. Or you might say at the beginning of the seven years of Daniel. We'll just put it that way. But no, behold... There's a remnant according to grace. Yeah, even then. Just like the Lord had 7,000 knees who had yet to bow. 
7,000 men who are yet to bow the knees to Baal. It's a future cast of that. Doesn't mean there were 7,000 at the time. There weren't. There weren't 7,000 then? Not at the time. He's it's saying the, that. It includes those who will be, right? That's the, the, okay. thought, the thought there. I have yet 7,000, meaning there's, there's more than there's And 7,000 is a big number because it's the number seven, right? Mm. And so Elijah has no sense of who those are. And the word yet, I have yet, gives a component of time that could still yet raise them up. Like they'll be words. cropping up yeah. later. Yep, across time. Which, of course, is typical of Israel mm. as a remnant since Paul's day. A remnant, according to grace, as Paul's... That's Romans 11, right? Yeah, as Paul s- s- sees uh, Israel today. So you think that 7,000, those were prophets then and then future? Well, those were, th- those were they who would not follow Baal. Right. And so the, those were righteous men. I, I, you know, I just says I'm only I'm all alone, and the Lord says, "No, I've got I've yet seven thousand. You're not all alone. Seven thousand in Israel, but that not necessarily all prophets. No, 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 they're not necessarily all prophets. I don't know. I was thinking they were all prophets. They're yeah. just they're just they're those who who are like Elijah, faithful. yeah, faithful ones. Yeah, like Elijah is faithful. You're not alone, Elijah. Even though it sure seems like he's alone. Well, weren't there some that were in hiding? That somebody in Ahab's court, what was that guy's name? Had hid, hid some prophets, right? Uh, Obadiah? Yeah, Obadiah kind of bragged about it even. <laughs> so you he know, he a, gave an excuse there. He was called to further service than that, right? I don't remember. I know it's back Take before this. Take me to the passage. Well, it's in chapter 18. The beginning of chapter 18 is Obadiah. The book of Obadiah, are you saying? No, the guy named Obadiah. I know the guy named what, what book, what chapter? Oh, sorry. We're First Kings still. Chapter 18. Right. Elijah went, verse 2, Elijah went to show himself to Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, for it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. But that was previous to all this, right? That's like mm-hmm. his history. Yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Like, Weren't there some hiding in a cave somewhere? Um, that was previous to this. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, onto all the fountains of water, all the brooks, peradventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him, and fell on his face, and said, Art thou that my lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy lord. Behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned, that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? That's Obadiah talking, right? Like, I'm not going to go tell him. Well, I just tell Obadiah, you go, you... And Obadiah is like, nah, (laughs) I don't want to do that, right? And then he says, as the Lord thy God lives, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord has not sent to seek thee. And when they said, he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from thee, that the spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. 
So he's got a streak of cowardice in him as well. Was it not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets? Is this his bragging here? Yep. Uh, when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And now you sayest, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. So he's saying, trust me, I'm not going to bail, right? Right. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. So yeah, there's Obadiah. Yep. There's Obadiah. So yeah, he kind of was, ha- he's pretty happy with himself with that. Yes, Obadiah is a man with passions like we. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you start finding out about these prophets, you know, they're, they've got their, they got their problems and their failures. You remember the guy that was told, go straight, and he met yeah, the other he prophet. The, the other prophet he talks the other him way into, around. And... The other prophet talks him into staying and then goes, you stink. Yeah. What a guy. What a, what, watch out for prophets. <laughs> 